RTHK News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, an executive councillor accuses local doctors of deliberately making it tough for foreign doctors to come and work here. The Consumer Council finds traces of heavy metals in sashimi samples from across the SAR and the chief executive says she's nearly completed her report for Beijing on the banning of the pro-independence National Party. Executive Councillor Tommy Cheung has hit out at local doctors in Hong Kong, saying they're trying to humiliate foreign doctors by requiring them to take an exam before they can practice here. His strong criticism comes as the Medical Council hopes to hold a second vote over plans to relax internship requirements for overseas doctors in Hong Kong. The Vice President of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association, Dr James Fung, says while Hong Kong can try to go ahead with the internship exemptions, the exams for their foreign counterparts cannot be compromised because it's the only way to determine their standards. But Mr Jones disagrees and accuses local doctors of simply trying to protect their own interests. All over the world, doctors at different stages take different exams. If we have the same exams for local trained specialists, yes, by all means, all foreign-trained specialists should be taking the same exam. But these exams are only made, tailor-made, for foreign-trained specialists. So what are you telling me? That is just an obstacle to humiliate and to exploit people who want to come back to Hong Kong to practice medicine. And Democratic Party lawmaker Helena Wong says the exam for foreign doctors is unnecessary as long as they've worked in local public hospitals for several years. The pro-democracy legislator says she may move a private member's bill in LegCo to amend the law and allow doctors who graduated from some famous overseas medical schools to be able to fully practice here without going through exams. If we have a list system to include the top 50 overseas medical schools, we don't need them to take this unnecessary examination because they have already gone through many examinations to reach that status. And they have come to Hong Kong and then to serve for three years contract. Then what's the point of asking them to take this kind of examination? If the medical council cannot solve the problem and if the Hong Kong government cannot take the lead to be could more specialists to come to Hong Kong, then we as a legislative council and political party will step in to take the lead to do so. The Consumer Council has found traces of heavy metal in all but one of 50 sashimi samples it tested, with 10 sashimi tuna samples containing an excessive amount of mercury. The watchdog sourced the sashimi, 19 tuna and 31 salmon, from restaurants, supermarkets and takeaway shops to test whether they contain parasites, heavy metals or veterinary drug residues. All except one sample were tainted with methyl mercury, an organic compound of mercury. Ten out of 19 tuna samples contained mercury that exceeded Hong Kong's statutory limit by 6 to 196%. Nora Tam, chairman of the Watchdog's Research and Testing Committee, says mercury is harmful to our nervous system and women planning to give birth should especially avoid eating too much potentially tainted fish. Mercury is harmful to the body's nervous system particularly the development, developing brain. To so pregnant women, women planning to get pregnant and young children should avoid eating fish that may contain high methylmercury levels, particularly baked or predatory fish species. Although the human body naturally excretes methylmercury, it is a slow process, so it may take over a year for the body to completely get rid of methylmercury. 
Women planning to get pregnant should therefore stop eating such food at least one year before become, becoming pregnant to avoid harmful, harming the fetus. The highest amount of methyl mercury was found in a tuna sample from a Sushi Express restaurant in Chunwan. The government has been urged to collect data on how many non-Chinese civil servants it's employing now, so it can evaluate whether its policies are effective in supporting more ethnic minorities to join the government. Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tan made the suggestion during a LegCo panel meeting. He says it doesn't make sense that the government doesn't hold such data now. So you can say, okay, I have ten policy changes to try to increase the numbers of、uh, non-Chinese joining the government. How do you know? You know what level measures that you took? It's actually is working. To me, it's actually quite common sense. But I'm really surprised that the government actually never had that figure, and also not intended to start collecting that data. I think the way to do it is just、uh, not during the application process. However, once you got offer, when you fill in the、uh, the actual you know employees、uh, details, then that will be the time. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's almost completed the report to Beijing on the government's banning of the pro-independence Hong Kong National Party. The central government had asked for the report after the Executive Council rejected an appeal from the separatist group. Mrs. Lam said at a seminar on national security that she will submit the report to Beijing shortly and would make it public so long as it doesn't affect any potential judicial proceedings. Police have arrested a man and two women in connection with the shooting in Shamshui Po last Friday. A 29-year-old man was being detained for wounding with intent. Two women, aged 44 and 32, were arrested for possession of an imitation firearm. It's understood that the 44-year-old is the girlfriend of the gunman. Officers also seized two suspected imitation firearms in a raid at the gunman's home in Shamshui Po. The gunman, however, is still on the run. A mainlander was shot after he had an argument and allegedly attacked the gunman with a metal rod over a financial dispute. He has also been arrested for possession of an offensive weapon. Overseas, Japan has held the first test for foreign workers under a new visa system as it tries to alleviate an acute labour shortage. The exam, held at seven locations across the country, was for work in the hotel industry. The new system, launched earlier this month, is a major policy shift away from the country's traditionally strict immigration rules. India's main opposition parties have urged the Election Commission to use traditional ballot papers for the ongoing general elections and are questioning the reliability of electronic voting machines. Here's the BBC's Anbarasan Eti Rajan. India embarked on this mammoth electoral exercise earlier this week, and already there are complaints about the voting machines. Political parties in southern Andhra Pradesh said voting on Thursday was delayed for several hours in a number of polling centres after the electronic voting machines malfunctioned. The Election Commission said the faulty machines had promptly been replaced. In the past, opposition leaders alleged that the voting machines could be hacked and ballots rigged. The electoral authorities have repeatedly assured the public that the Machines cannot be manipulated by anyone. The mayor of a town in the U.S. Midwest, Pete Buttigieg, has become the latest Democrat to formally launch a bid for the 2020 presidential elections. At 37, he's the youngest candidate in a crowded field of Democrats. Pete Buttigieg is an Afghanistan war veteran, a liberal, and openly gay. Announcing his bid, he told supporters at a rally that the country needs a new generation of leadership. Change is coming, ready or not. The question of our time is whether families and workers will be defeated by the changes beneath us, 
or whether we will master them and make them work toward a better everyday life for us all. Finland's Social Democratic Party has declared a narrow victory in yesterday's general election. Its leader, Antti Rinne, is set to become the country's first left-wing prime minister in 20 years. His party won 40 seats in parliament, won more than the far-right anti-immigration Finns party. The close result will make negotiations to form a coalition government particularly difficult, as the top four parties all came close to each other. Antti Rinne spoke to supporters about the result. I was expecting a better result. We have to acknowledge that. I was hoping that our support would be above 20%. It wasn't, but we are probably the largest party when they count the seats and in percentage terms as well. Thousands of protesters are continuing their sit-in outside Sudan's army headquarters, despite the Transitional Military Council saying it has detained key figures from the government of the deposed president, Omar al-Bashir. The protesters are continuing to insist on the immediate handover of power to a civilian government. A spokesman for the council said it was ready to work with opposition groups. The BBC's Ariane Skippers has this report. Protesters are dancing and singing in a party-like atmosphere, chanting, We are the revolutionaries of the night. Sometimes army soldiers are leading the chant. The protesters say they will not stop until their demands are met. They are sceptical because the military council is mainly made up of people close to the old regime. But the spokesman for the council said he was ready to work with opposition groups and that it was up to politicians to agree on an independent figure as prime minister. At the moment, though, the process for any dialogue lacks transparency and has no clear timeline. The International Committee of the Red Cross is appealing for news of three staff members abducted in Syria more than five years ago. The ICRC says it still hopes for the unconditional release of a nurse from New Zealand and two Syrian drivers. The BBC's Imogen Folks reports. The ICRC knows that New Zealand nurse Louisa Akave, now aged 62, was still alive at the end of last year. Refugees who fled across Syria's border into Iraq reported seeing her still working as a nurse in a town close to the Euphrates River. Its two other staff members, Syrian drivers Ala Rajab and Nabil Bakdunis, have not been heard of since the abduction. To finance news, the founder of mainland e-commerce giant JD.com has weighed in on an ongoing debate about the Chinese tech industry's gruelling overtime work culture, lamenting that years of growth had increased the number of slackers in his firm who are not his brothers. Richard Liu's comments, posted on his social media account, come amid reports of widespread layoffs at the company. A JD.com spokesman declined to comment on layoffs, but said some adjustments were happening as a normal part of business. Local and most regional shares have gained ground, boosted by optimism on China trade talks and last Friday's strong China export and bank loan data. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 30,089. That's 185 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $64 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.92 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 26 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. We start with golf in a triumph for the ages. Tiger Woods has won the Masters for his first major title since 2008 and the most improbable of the 15 majors he now has under his belt. 
Two years ago, he was told he may never play golf again due to a persistent back injury. But the 43-year-old came from two shots behind Francesco Molinari to finish on 13 under par. Woods was overwhelmed by his latest victory at Augusta, 22 years after the first of his five Masters titles. It's overwhelming. I think it's just because of what has transpired. And last year, I was just very lucky to be playing again. And previous dinner and the Champions Dinner, uh, I was really struggling and missed a couple of years of you know, not playing this great tournament. And then to now be the champion, 22 years, I think, between, between wins is a, is a long time. Next to football, Liverpool are back on top in the English Premier League after a comfortable 2-0 win over Chelsea. Sadio Mane opened scoring before a spectacular strike by Mo Salah. The BBC's Alan Green reports from Anfield. Liverpool had to win to reclaim the leadership from Manchester City and must have been concerned at half-time. Chances for Salah and Mane not taken. But attacking the cop in the second half, reinvigorated no doubt by Klopp, they seized the initiative. Suitably, it was Mane who scored the first in the 51st minute, a header. Two minutes later, Salah scored a magnificent second, a vital victory. Manchester City stays second after a 3-1 win at Crystal Palace. They trail Liverpool by two points but have a game in hand. Next to the NHL playoffs, where the Columbus Blue Jackets are on the brink of sweeping the top-ranked Tampa Bay Lightning. This after a 3-1 home win gave them a commanding 3-0 lead in the best-of-seven first-round series. Sergei Bobrovsky made 30 saves as Columbus fended off a desperate third-period charge by Tampa, who ended the regular season with an NHL record 62 wins. Elsewhere, the New York Islanders are also one game away from completing a sweep they beat the punchless Pittsburgh Penguins 4-1. In the West, the Winnipeg Jets climbed back into their series against the St. Louis Blues with a 6-3 win on the road. Kyle Connor scored twice for the Jets, who now trail two games to one. In the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have underlined their intent for a serious playoff run with a 121-86 crushing of the Detroit Pistons in Game 1 of their first-round series. MVP candidate Yanis Antetokounmpo had 24 points and 17 rebounds in just 24 minutes, his Bucks team led by as many as 41 points. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top stories once again. An executive councillor accuses local doctors of deliberately making it tough for foreign doctors to come and work here. The Consumer Council finds traces of heavy metals in sashimi samples from across the SAR. And the chief executive says she's nearly completed her report for Beijing on the banning of the pro-independence National Party. The news from RCHK.
were in pain 